Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. And as promised, we are talking a new movie from Warner Brothers, which means we didn't have to go to the theaters and see it. We got to watch it at home. We are talking The Little Things. The Little Things with Denzel today. Yeah, big cast, right? This is the the big draw because we talked about the trailer a little bit. You know, the trailer is not going to excite you unless... You know, you are probably somebody that watches like 48 hours in Dateline religiously, right? Because that that's what this feels like. But it's really going to rely on getting your butt in the seat through Denzel, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Yeah, if you like those guys, then that's, that's why you're here. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke a little bit about this last time. Like, you know, part of me was, I think, partially excited too, just because like, I, I mean, I was really excited for Wonder Woman because it's Wonder Woman, but like, Okay, HBO, like you're going to be dropping these things. I don't have to go to the theater. You know, you're, you're, you've got this big rollout planned for 2021 of all these movies. So these are supposed to be grade A theater release. You know, we're not talking everyday Netflix movies like Outside the Wire. You know, so I, 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 I had some expectations there just based on that. Did our last two Denzel movies temper your expectations at all? Uh, you would have to remind me what those were uh, outside of Unst- Equalizer. Oh, well, okay, sorry. I, I thought you were meaning, like, Denzel's last two movies. Well, the last two that we reviewed, we did, yeah, Equalizer 2 and uh, Unstoppable. You know, no, I don't think that that really played into this, because one, Unstoppable's a, a different kind of movie, and it, it was an older movie. And then same with Equalizer, right? Like, you, you know, Denzel going the, the taken Liam Neeson route is very different than, than this movie. Th- this is prime Denzel territory, the little things, right? It is a, you know, no action. We're going to just rely on some acting chops with a story and let Denzel do his thing. So that that's where he shines. So no, I, I don't think those tempered my expectations at all. Okay. 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 Well, should we uh, run through our letterbox stuff real quick so we can all make sure that we're talking about the right stuff? Uh, before we do that, I just want to let everybody know. So next week, uh, we're going to do a trailer episode of trailers that are coming out uh, in the coming months. So all trailers all the time. <laughs> all trailers. Do we know what trailers we're talking about? No. No. I mean, I know one we're talking about. Oh, well, one, because it's freaking awesome. <laughs> well, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you know we we might have a difference of opinion. Uh, awesome, y- y- you are giant monster man. Yes, and, and it doesn't get any more giant or any more monster than King Kong versus Godzilla. And this one, yep, I guess it's Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, you got to give Godzilla top billing. Kong is the well. Uh, they already have the a King Kong versus Godzilla movie, which I own yes. on VHS. Um, when was that from? Do we know the date on that one? Like <laughs> the sixties? Like, it's like sixty four or something like okay. that. It's uh it's fun. It's a fun, fun watch, but definitely okay. uh this is gonna take it to the next level. But we get to talk about that next next week, along with uh, a few other choice trailers. Yeah. So if you want to do your your pre work that you've been assigned for the following episode, make sure you've uh make sure you've at least brushed up on Kong versus Godzilla. Or Godzilla versus Kong, I guess. Whatever we're gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna rotate those whenever I feel like it. Okay, you you have now <laughs> mentioned that that is interchangeable, and we are good there. Yeah, yep. It's gonna have to be because I couldn't even get outside the wire and under the wire right last episode. So no hope for me keeping the order of Godzilla and Kong right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Letterbox stuff. Uh, what here's what it says about, and I haven't even read this. The letterbox blurbs, you know. Sometimes we're three words, sometimes they're two paragraphs. So we're going to see where this one takes us. Deke, a burnt-out Kern County, California deputy sheriff, teams with Baxter, a crack LASD detective, to nab a serial killer. Deke's nose for the, quote, little things proves eerily accurate, but his willingness to circumvent the rules embroils Baxter in a soul-shattering dilemma. Meanwhile, Deke must wrestle with a dark secret from his past. All right. I mean, Deke and Baxter. Yeah, wordy here, but I mean, yeah, that's the trailer. Okay, so we're we're directed by John Lee Hancock, which see if you can 
see if you can catch a little something here with his filmography. The Founder, The Rookie, The Alamo, The Blindside, The Highwaymen. He likes to stay in, in the tease. <laughs> yeah, he, he he loves the word the. He's just gonna he's gonna go. I, no, he, I think he did have one movie that didn't have the, and I selectively dropped that out. But I wanted to make my point. <laughs> it's not very, I forgot he's what not it was. Very creative. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and then uh, the cast, like we mentioned before, there's other people in it, but it's Denzel, Rami, and Jared Leto. Not trying to short those other people, but I mean, there, there's some oh that guys in there or or that that lady in there. So, all right, so we're spoiler free. To start this out, yeah. So let's, uh, which I, well, I think we'll we come can kind of do after the trailer. I think you said it had a range of either two to four and a half. I believe was your uh, prediction. I, I think that might have been it. I think when you pressed me on it, I said that I expected like a three to three and a half, even though I, I did say that it would have a wide berth. Yeah, and uh, and I believe I came in at pro- projecting a three. Yeah. Based on the trailer, we, and said the trailer was was pretty slow, is what Trailer Guy made it look out to be. L- yes. Little recap. Now, speaking of Trailer Guy, I, uh, you know, one of the questions that we had, and and we obviously can't get into too many details right now, as we're spoiler free, but was was the trailer showing you its cards, or was it doing, you know, hey, look over here, and I'm going to pull a trick on you? So that'll be interesting to talk about later. But I think that. For the most part, I think the trailer was accurate to the movie. Yeah, and uh, I think they pulled the most exciting parts of the movie that they could, and I think the rest of it was was pretty slow. Yeah, it, it was definitely slow. I, I don't, which is fine considering. I don't think, based on my expectations of what this was and who was in it, that it was going to be fast. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, and by slow, I don't mean action you know, right. cars blowing up i mean even seven had a had a better pace to it than this this, yeah. this was a lot of waiting around it's very much a detective procedural right it's more about i mean you can make an argument that it's more about the two cops than it is the case itself it, it, the case is a mechanism to show what is happening to the cops and and to drive them to do certain things and put them in certain places. But it's really about Rami and Denzel, less about Leto and the crime, if that makes sense. I'm going to make a WandaVision comparison. Oh, well, that could be dangerous. See if you can follow me here. Okay. So I feel like the way they ended the movie should have been the halfway point. I felt, um, okay. I, I felt I mean, like that we it took a long time to get us to the interesting part, which is what we're experiencing with One Division. We now got to episode four. Uh, okay, we're finally getting into stuff that people care about, and I felt okay, like yeah. that's the same here. We got all the way through this extended two hour stuff, and we finally got to the interesting point, and that's when they stopped it. Okay, so I I think that. For me, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think that, you know, we'll have to dive into this a little bit more in the spoiler section, but I don't think I'm giving anything away here when I say that I think one of the challenges that this movie had is that there's a lot of setup in that we know from the trailer Jared Leto is involved in somehow and that he's at least a suspect. So I'm not giving anything away there. What, what what I might be slightly giving away, but I don't think it's a spoiler, is Jared Leto doesn't show up until halfway through the movie. True. So I think that you're right in the sense that if you start the movie around the time Jared Leto shows up, then that puts <laughs> what effectively is you know the climax or the end of the movie more towards the middle of the movie. So there's a lot of setup happening just between well, Rami and Denzel before we even kind of get the ball rolling. Well, even with uh, their character arcs, when you look at Denzel and what he's dealing with and Rami and what he's dealing with, I feel like they don't even scratch the surface until the end of the movie. And so Exactly. It, you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. And so there's another movie after this that would be what I would actually want to watch. Uh, I wouldn't want to watch this as a four-hour movie, but if they could condense the first half into... Which I, I into about an hour, which I feel like they very easily could. Uh, there, yeah. There's there's a lot you could leave on the cutting room floor. I feel 
this movie and then continue on <laughs> the story. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, uh, it just seemed like, good Lord, get to something like that. That was my feeling. Well, okay. And that, and that's interesting too, because I, I didn't ever have that feeling. I never checked my watch. I was never like, okay, let's get the ball rolling. Like I definitely thought it was, it was moving along slowly, but I never lost interest or was bored. Um, and I given, I don't know whether that's a little bit of like me just being excited to watch this movie. So I, I'm trying to be more invested in it as opposed to, you know, the trailer was really bad and I'm distracted and I, I don't really have interest. So, I mean, some of this could be me personally. Uh, I'm not going to in any way, shape or form disagree about it being slow or trying to get going or whatever. It's just, it never, it never lost me. I'm not sure it had me grasped, grasped fully, you know, like I wasn't like enraptured, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't lost is all I'm trying to say. I guess my issue, I mean, 70% of this movie is them on a stakeout and stakeouts <laughs> when nothing happens is boring. Now, if they had interesting conversations, like if this was like a Tarantino type movie and they're just sitting at a stakeout, you know, talking about random stuff, I think, it, yeah, that could work. But without Tarantino's dialogue or Emilio Estevez and doing his stakeout, I just don't. It just seemed like all of those didn't need to be in there for as lengthy as they were. Hmm. I mean, yeah, there are. There are, there are there, I guess. I don't know how to describe the fact that I, I wasn't as bothered by them. Um, again, not disputing that they're not there or that not a lot happens while they're there. I guess there was just enough, just enough momentum for me to keep me, uh, my brain occupied instead of, you know, like I said, checking my watch or something. So I, I, I can see, I'm not going to be one of those people that says like, I don't understand why people don't like this movie or why everybody thought it was slow. I mean, definitely not. Um, I, I was probably teetering on that fine edge. I just never tipped over, but definitely am not disagreeing with you there. I, I think that uh, it has pacing problems. It has massive editing problems, which I normally am not. I mean, neither one of us went to film school. I'm not going to say I know how to sit here and chop up a, a movie and do it perfectly. Right. But I guess <laughs> I've seen enough movies to where when something is edited poorly, it's like, oh, God, that was terrible. So it, it has issues like that. See, I didn't even... That didn't even come across my mind. And maybe, the editing? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I'll tell you, there's a certain scene, this is not a spoiler, where there is uh, a, 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 somebody's tailing somebody else uh, to a certain location. Okay, yeah. And I honestly, at one point, could not tell whether the person who was doing the tailing was five feet behind the other person or five miles in the wrong direction. Right. I... <laughs> got completely lost and it wasn't because of script or anything like that because it's there's no talking really going on it's just a, a simple detective car tailing scene and i got absolutely lost no i could see that i get what you're saying yeah and there's some other sloppiness like some of the writing is not so hot um you know there's uh there so i'm gonna go to, to uh rami's character like you mentioned the okay. writing how we get introduced to him is not how he is in the rest of the movie. It was really weird. Okay. Like the opening scene, and I feel like, not a spoiler because the opening scene, of he meets Denzel by towing his car because he's blocked in. I don't have the time for this. And then all of a sudden he reaches out to him and asks for his help like in two scenes later. And then he's not like this massive ego dick. They, that they try to start him out as, and then he turns into just a guy looking for help to solve his case. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I can see that. There definitely was a little bit of, he goes from, like, super arrogant. I actually thought he was, like, the DA at first. Uh, right, I did see of, like, From the, the trailer, that, that's what I got, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's and then he, he quickly shifts to, like, hey, humble, I want to. I think what they tried to do is establish that Rami's good but he just wants his case done and 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 wants it done at any cost possible so I guess he was okay bringing on Denzel now there, there's some things that happen there that we can get into later that that I think forged that relationship a little bit more but yeah it is a little clunky in the beginning yeah it's like they I just felt like they had a big very big tonal shift in who he was supposed to be and I don't know if that's how Rami did it or if that's the writing but I felt like that scene alone means it's the writing yeah, I mean the writing the writing struggled. However, I will say that 
I'm questioning whether I like Rami Malek as an actor. I, I feel like his style uh, played very well to where he broke through in Mr. Robot, and he fits that character very, very well, this really anxiety-riddled person. I, I can't think of a lot of other movies I like him in. I, I did not really like him in Bohemian Rhapsody. I did not think he was very good in this. Um, I, I hate to say this, but I don't know if it's just his his natural look or his natural demeanor that just kind of pigeonholes him into coming across a certain way. Uh, but I did not like his performance in this at all. See, I've never seen Mr. Robot, so I only know him you know, trying to be Freddie Mercury. So yeah. when he's not trying to be somebody else, I've not I've not seen that. I know acting is him trying to be somebody else, but I've never seen him in a different role. And so this is my first exposure to him. And and yeah, I, I kept trying to see Freddie. <laughs> Freddie is a cop, you know. But yeah. um, I just don't have that much exposure to say whether I, I really liked him in Bohemian Rhapsody. I, th- I thought he did a great job in that. So this is only my second. Uh, exposure to him in in a movie that I was bored. I don't think that's fair for me to judge him and my opinions of yet. Um, I, I guess I would disagree with that. I think you should be able to assess somebody's role in a movie whether they're good, whether you're bored, not bored. I mean, because it all goes into play, right? Like, if Rami had been an incredible performance, that might have. You know, some of that is going to be the writing, but I feel like you should be able to like dissect in this movie, like, hey, do I think Rami was good in this movie or not? You know, what, regardless of whether the movie kept you bored, because, like for example, I will say that like Denzel and Jared Leto, I think they were solid. Uh, you know, a- at least average, maybe slightly above average, but you know, they weren't enough to make up for the rest of the movie. I think you're projecting Denzel because I don't think he did really anything in this movie to say wow that's Denzel you know, no I just, he didn't I just feel like he was kind of there so if this was my second exposure to Denzel I don't know that I would say that he's that I like him one way or another oh no sorry I wasn't saying you should be able to make like an overall assessment of like is Rami a good actor or not just I was just saying in this movie you should be able to assess whether you thought he did well or not in this movie oh I got you given, I thought you were no, okay you were no saying. but when you I get yeah, yeah, I get that when you go up a level, like, you're like, okay, well, I've only seen Rami in two, I liked him in one, like, didn't like him as much in this one, so I, I can't pass judgment on his whole career. Yeah, totally fine with that, I get that. Yeah, and so that's uh, not, I think I'm letting the cat out of the bag, not my favorite Denzel movie. No, uh, no, I, I don't think this should be anybody's favorite Rami, Denzel, or Jared Leto movie, to be honest. Like, it's just the the writing, the editing, the script you know, their performances are fine inside of it, but to really make you get that, you know, awesome feeling of a movie or even a performance, it it all has to come together. It's rare that somebody is like just completely acting their ass off in something that you find totally boring. I mean, it happens, but it's just not the norm. So definitely not going to be anybody's, you know, strong suit here. So we want to get into what overall, what you thought? Or do you have some other... Ideas no, I mean, spoiler territory. No, I mean, I think about the only other thing I would kind of caution people on. I'm not going to give anything away here. It's just, and, and I'd like to know, I guess, if you have this problem. The movie is set in 1990, and it doesn't time hop. It is right. always 1990. Do, but Do you know why they do that? I have my idea why they do that. Uh, I I heard that it was written in 1990, so I just assume they they kept it that way. But what what do you have a theory cooking up here? Oh, I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot of movies like this in 1990 or before, simply from the cell phone aspect. Oh sure, yes, that makes sense. You have girls getting I mean, chased on the highway and they can't call anybody, you right. know, or you have you know GPS tracking everybody all the time. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. it just makes yeah. these detective movies, you know, they got to use their noodle a little bit. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that's a really good point. I just assumed it was because it was written in 1999. But that's yes, that's probably there are. why. Yeah. But I, it's definitely going to make things interesting. I, I think, though, d- did you get lost in the time? Like, I, I think there were a couple of things that threw me off. Like, um, one was um, the first thing I think that threw me off was when he went to the police station when he was Denzel, when he was first sent to go do something like it looked kind of modern. I think it was like all the glass doors and everything. So right. I was like, wait, what, 
what time are we in? And they showed Rami and he's wearing like this really fit suit that looked really modern. So I thought we jumped forward in time and I was like, where are we? And then I guess there's some times where they flash back to Denzel too. And it looked like he didn't have as much gray hair. So the movie never explicitly told me it was jumping in time, but there were just things around there that I was like, what, where, where are we? Yeah. it, It starts off telling you 1990 and then it never tells you any other time. And we, we had the same thought, my wife and I, when we were watching, of are we still in 1990 and then uh we were trying to use context clues and we yeah we're like okay well all the cars are old but that doesn't mean anything you know they they would still exist (laughs) you know and then yeah uh uh, they did jump back in time uh and -hmm. you saw a younger denzel so that those were easy because he had not gray hair right but uh but yeah we we had that question too and we were looking at radios and thing yeah well like denzel's office had like a typewriter i'm like that's really weird but like maybe he's just in some hole in the wall you know office but like it was the cars that hit critical mass for me right like seeing a couple 90s cars it was like okay or actually it was more like 80s cars and then finally once there was like nothing but 80s cars everywhere i was like okay we we have to be in you know 1990 still but so there's just some things like that that like the inconsistencies with the, the writing and some of the editing and I guess this is maybe set design out or production design. I don't know what that is entirely, but the things that could have been tightened up for sure. But yeah, I, I think having said that, uh, I am at, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would I would be at a three because I actually thought it was solid. However, I've been kicking around this thing in my head and like, I don't think I'd ever want to watch this again, right? Like there's no incentive for me to see this again. And to me that should knock it down to like a two and a half because I feel like if it's a three, I would want to watch it again or I would at least stop if I was flipping through the channels and it was on, I'd leave it there potentially. But this is not that I will. I don't think I would ever watch this again. So I think I'm at a two and a half. And that's exactly where I landed. And for majority of the same reason, Uh, but not only, not (laughs) only was I bored. And so that translates into rewatchability. Um, it just seemed long and, and payoff was just not there at the end. Like, really? Like that's where we're, that's where we're ending this. And as far as breakout performances, I guess Jared was the best of, of the three. Um, Mm -hmm. but not enough to say, yeah, you watch that for him. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. And so uh, I also, is that a two and a half, but which is my, my average of watch it once. Sure. Watch it again. Nah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's that's it. I think we, especially with this, maybe it's a little bit hard to to kind of dive into some stuff without getting into spoilers. So I, <laughs> right. I think we're ready for spoilers. All right. Let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Spoilers. <laughs> is that is that a new thing? I mean, not a new thing. Is that, is that your signature spoiler thing it, we're going it with? It is. It is. Just <laughs> so people know, if they've happened to miss our transition, now they know that we're in spoiler section. I mean, if you miss our transition, just go back and listen to it. it it's perfectly edited. It, it I mean, is. It took us weeks of market research and talking to people and hitting the studio to get that right. And we're proud of it. So go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it or just know that Garrett loves the Matrix. <laughs> well, 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 I also love Spider-Verse. True, true. Yes. The, the, All right. The compilation of them together. <laughs> exactly. The spoiler-filled so, section. Let me say this. The movie does not get off on the right foot at all. That opening scene sucks. Oh, it's terrible. With, I mean, but it, it's it's such a precursor to what's going to happen later. Because I feel like this opening scene that we're talking about where the girl's running away or she's being chased on the highway. I mean, does the stupidest thing imaginable and like pulls over. It's not even a lit up gas station with people there. It's like this, it's clearly like abandoned and not there makes a movie decision that comes straight out of horror genres. Yep. And it, it's just, it almost just takes you out of it. Cause you're like, I would never do that. Never just stop right there. Like just keep driving until you get into somewhere. You know, it could, but could somehow save that is just a glance what? at the gas tank. Yeah, yeah. you know, (laughs) I I thought the exact same thing, like, unless you have zero gas, you just keep driving. So it's hard to like, take what you know is supposed to be this 
should be a brainy detective movie uh, and start off on that foot. And you're just like, okay, really? Like, but again, you know, fast forwarding to something we'll get to a little bit later. When Rami makes one of the stupidest decisions you'll ever see in a movie, it, it, it kind of bookends itself there. So you, you kind of start with a really bad writing decision and then the climax is also a really bad writing decision. But I, I did, I was a little worried after that first scene. Yeah. It, it was like, okay. It, it, like you just said, it's it's right out of a horror movie of don't do that. That's stupid. Who would do that? Not only get out of the car, but leave the, your keys in there. Leave yeah. the car running. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then not go immediately back when you realize it's locked. Right. And no one's in there, you know? And so you have a working car. Just go, go back. And that's actually when we saw the girl later. That's what confirmed that we have not jumped in time at all. Yeah, exactly. That confirmed that, that it. We, 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 we were very, uh, okay, we we think we're still at 1990, um, but she confirmed it. She hasn't aged a day. Yeah, exactly. We had the same kind of moment there, too. Like, like we were pretty sure, but then that was like the nail in the coffin. Like, okay, now we know. Midway through the movie, we are confident that this is one timeline. I'm not going to go revisit it, but did we see the car that person was driving that was chasing her? Did they ever show it or just the headlights? Uh, it, it I think it looked blue. I mean, no, they, they showed it like drive by her because he comes up on her the first time. Right. And then he goes around her. So you see that you see it when it goes around her and then he goes ahead and hits the brakes and she passes again. So it, it was like a blue car. Interesting. Yeah. I was trying to think if it was uh, Jared at all. I remember trying to look through the windows to see if I could see who may or may not be driving, but I don't remember looking at the actual car. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the one thing that makes you think it's not Jared is that later on in the movie, like Jared walks like an idiot the whole movie, right? He's got like his belly sticking out and has this kind of waddle to him. And the guy who's chasing her in the beginning doesn't have that. Now, it doesn't mean it's not Jared. It just means that they're clearly not walking the same. It could be verbal Kent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, that's the one area where if you're writing this, I mean, you probably don't want to give the guy chasing the girl in the opening scene that specific kind of gate if you're trying to keep it a mystery as to who actually the killer is. So, I mean, basically when we get into this, it, I, I truly feel like this was this was Seven. Mm-hmm. It was, this is a bad version of Seven. And we thought that from the yep. trailer, kind of looked at it. But uh, just from how they're together... Um, the two cops and uh, him being old, retire, retired, uh, it just, and then you had the creepy guy at the end, you know, and mm-hmm. even how they ended the movie of them alone, you just wanted Rami to scream, you know, what's in the ground, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so like, like the whole, the whole thing is just, is like this, somebody wrote this as a bad seven. Well, what's funny is they wrote it clearly before seven. It was but... seven written though. Well, I don't know, Was but I, I think it's something. Pro- I, I don't know. I, I would have to go look, but my assumption is that it was probably written before seven, because uh, this is a a book, I, I believe. So, what's crazy is that you wouldn't at least try and update it based off of everything else, right? Like, there's there's been thirty years of detective movies since I wrote this thing. Like, maybe for the screen, let's let's update it, make it a little fresh. Yeah, I I thought that they might do something to keep it from paralleling so well but they did not no and you know i mean okay so we we got here i mean we i mentioned it in my first comment you've now mentioned it in your comment so i feel like we just need to run straight into this so i was on board with this movie you know uh, all things that we said in the spoiler free section slow yeah bad editing yeah all that kind of stuff um what really really is indefensible is Rami going in the car with Jared Leto out to that plot of land somewhere far away. Now I get what they're trying to do with the writing that Rami's so strung out. He's so obsessed with the case, all those things that he is willing to go against all of his best intuitions and his police knowledge and hop in the car with Jared and and go out there and trust him that he's taking him to a body somewhere. But to me, that's not enough. It's such a horribly stupid decision that there needed to be some other kind of motivating force that pushed him far enough to go do that. Because I just, it's, it was just a little too unbelievable for me. Um, I was 
didn't like that, but I was okay with that. Rami's a cop. He's got a gun on him. Okay. But why is Rami digging? They, he says, well, oh, you dig. He's like, no, you dig. And I'm like, that's uh, it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think they're re- I think they're leaning on the same kinds of things here. I think it's supposed to be that in any normal situation, he would not do that. He would make Jared Leto do it. He'd hold a gun to him, all that stuff. But he's so desperate to to get to the bottom of this case and figure it out and bust Jared Leto that he's willing to do anything and everything it takes, even put himself in danger, not pay attention, all this, dig the holes, all that. I think that's what they were going for. And I'm not saying that I can't see it. I'm just saying that when you're going to have somebody do something that stupid, it just didn't work for me. Like, I didn't feel Rami being stressed to that point, right? He he felt like he hit a, a breaking or snapping point very quickly if that was the case. Yeah, I, I feel like that scene of them deciding who was going to dig should have been more of a standoff, not just, oh, mm-hmm. what are you going to do, shoot me, and then you'd have to bury me and get rid of my body. But, yeah. uh, and they say, like, oh, you're right, versus, no, you're, you're going to have to shoot me. Yeah. I'm not going to dig. And then him just, like, lean on the car or something, and then finally Rami, you know, decides to do it. But yeah. uh, but I didn't get that, <laughs> that back and forth no. at all. I was like, oh, you're <laughs> no. right, I would have to kill you. And so I'll just go ahead and dig and let you walk up on me when I think you're a murderer and I have my gun put away and you're just standing behind me. Like, yeah, n- none of that made made any sense to me. But I felt like they could have at least made that make sense of you're going to have to shoot me to make me do it. Uh, agreed. And that's where I'm saying that, like, I say this a lot on the podcast where, like, I feel like things are unearned. Like, it, it's relying on the audience to kind of fill in the gaps instead of letting you fill in the gaps or sorry, instead of the movie filling it in for you. And I think that's what's happening here is that they just assume that we all know that, oh, Rami's supposed to be strung out. He's supposed to have hit his wits in. He's supposed to be feeling these things, but that's fine. I can do that. But when I fill in those gaps so much, it's not suspenseful anymore. I'm the one doing the work. I'm the one, you know, connecting the dots and making the conclusion. So there's no, like, force in the script or on the screen that's making me compelled like I'm along for the ride which is which is when you start to feel as a viewer right that you are you're helpless you are you feel you're white knuckling watching the movie because you don't know where the movie's going to take you well when I'm filling in all the gaps for you I feel like I'm in control in a way like I I'm the one doing this so that's where I feel like it all makes sense I'm not questioning it it's just the execution is so poor that it's it's not as intense as it should be. No, I, I agree. I agree. When you're having to make those leaps, and it's not like they give you a gap to to fill in. You know, it's a it's not a literal gap. It's a logic gap. Yeah. And so it's not like they cut away, and then all of a sudden they cut back, and Rami's digging, and you're like, well, I guess he gave up and started digging. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like there, there was a, a leap in his mind that you have to make for him of why he decided to do this. Right. Well, and I guess the worst kind of suspense almost is that horror suspense. Is this when you're watching Rami dig the holes and Jared's eyeballing his gun, you're not like, you're not sitting there going, oh, Jared's outsmarting him. He's outsmarting him. What you're really screaming at the TV is, this is so stupid. Rami is so stupid. Right. Like, and, and that's not an enjoyable thing. Like, if you're, especially in this kind of movie, when it's a detective movie, when these guys are supposed to be crazy smart, I mean, obviously, we're, they've spent time establishing that. These are our heroes. They're not idiots. Like, and I, again, I get he's supposed to be pushed beyond that. So he's kind of just dropping all those, but it's not working for me. Like, I don't want to yell at the smartest guy, the smartest character in the movie that he's doing the stupidest thing in the movie, right? That just That's too much of a dissonance to where I'm not even enjoying it. Like, why would he ever do that? That's what you're screaming at the screen. Yeah, you had one super cop you know, replaced by another super cop, and so they're both supposed yeah. to be top of their game, which yeah. is established. It's not some, some rookie, stupid Brad Pitt character. You know, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, young and brash and, you know, makes mistakes, you know, that's that's his character. That's kind of what they play up. This is, no, Rami's the next big thing because he's sharp and smart, thinks yes. things through, and they they hammer that to death. Um, yep. And then that, yeah. So th- that that was my point where I was like, damn, that was the movie's moment. Like, but from the time Rami got in the car to the time the movie ends, it was just like, y- you kind of knew that it didn't have any gas. It was... If you're playing these kinds of cards like this, all right, whatever. You know, the the big climax that everybody wants in a 
detective movie isn't going to happen. Yeah, and and so we we get to this climax, right? Quote unquote, if you will. They that should be like I mentioned in the first part. That should be the middle of the movie because the most interesting part of this is Denzel shooting one of the one of the girls he's trying to save, Mm -hmm. screwing up, and then covering that up, and them talking about the little things, which never comes into play, mind you. Uh, There's no little things that lead them to anything or back to them, other than he he's trying to cover up the tracks. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't know if he did it right or not because that's. That's the movie to me of Rami trying to deal with what he what he did and did he do the right thing and Denzel covering up for him and saying and covering up for him emotionally by sending him the Brett. You mm-hmm. know, it like that's the movie. Like that's that's what I want to see the second half of of maybe things don't go right, you know? Yep. I mean Yeah, I, I think that the obvious thing they tried to do here was this parallel between Rami and Denzel that, you know, they start out not long as like, you know, opposing forces and they team up, but then Rami is Denzel, a newer version of Denzel. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's where it gets a little bit interesting, especially as they time the reveal of Denzel's mistake with Rami's mistake. But I also think part of where it doesn't work is that Denzel killed an innocent victim, right? (laughs) Jared Leto, yes, was innocent, but clearly was messing with them and stuff. So you're not going to feel the guilt for Jared Leto that you felt for the lady that Denzel shot. So it, to me, it's, it's kind of apples and oranges. Like, I mean, yes, that, that kill is going to haunt Rami and Denzel releases him of that by sending the barrette, but it's also not a good parallel. Like, I mean, I guess if you're going to, not that I want everything to mirror nice and perfect, but I guess if you're trying to hammer home this thematic point that, that Rami became Denzel, Denzel says he's trying to clear this case for him to, to clear his conscience. But I'm sorry, how is solving the case of how the two girls died going to clear your conscience of the fact that you shot one and covered it up that was completely innocent? Like, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's any absolving you of that. So I'm not sure that that angle in the story makes any kind of sense. Are, are we trying to say that the same killer did, did both? I, 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 that was Denzel's purpose. The whole movie, he was, sure that I think the killer who was involved in his case was the same one doing this minus the girl he killed. Right. I mean, that's what I thought that they were trying to lead us down. Then it seemed like they were saying that they were separate, but I, I don't think the movie is very clear. And I guess that brings up the other topic of Jared Leto's guilt. You know, they leave that purposely ambiguous, which guilty or not. He, he's a creepy guy. (laughs) Right, so punishable by death. Punishable by death. I mean, you're messing with the cops, and you're, and you're, you know, just, just weird. First of all, okay, his, his secret hiding spot in this floor. Could yeah. that be any more obvious? Like he didn't even right. make it, make it a good cut. Yeah, it had like a two inch gap right. between. <laughs> like, what a terrible hiding spot yeah. in the floor of this apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think. I don't know where I land on Jared Leto's guilt. There's some small things that if you catch them makes it seem like he is. uh, I I think the one thing that I caught, the one little thing that I caught was there was mention of uh, the girl that kind of kicks off all this uh, that was positioned to to be able to watch her through the window and everything. She was a, a vegan and was found with roast beef in her and then uh, when on one of the stakeouts, they see Jared Leto going to work and there's like a roast beef place right next to it. So I think there's right. some small things there that I think that hint that Jared Leto was the guy. I think the movie gives an explicit nod towards that in the end when the FBI guy comes in when they're taking over the case and the criteria of a, a suspect that they're looking for, it, it checks off every Jared Leto box. Right. So I come away thinking that he most likely is the killer, but the movie definitely is not being definitive about it. Well, and w- the mile marker. Yes. You know, that, that whole scene, I believe that's where you're like, what, what the heck is going on here? Uh-huh. Like trying to, the edit editing of, of that, uh, that whole thing kind of sucked, but he calls Rami and asks for the mile marker and then Rami gives it to him and then hangs up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not like, uh, why did you want to know this? You know, it's like, yep, it's, uh, <laughs> right. you know, 449 or whatever, and then hangs up the phone. Like, yeah. really? There's nothing more to that? It's all that needed to be said there. 
yeah, that that was not good either. I I remember thinking specifically about that part too. Be like, did they is that was it really just a hang up? Did we really just hang up, or is that just bad editing? I, so I either could way, see, I could see Denzel hanging up. You know, yeah, but not Rami. Of why are you calling me and asking me this? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, that Leto did it. Um, and, and I actually, you know what? For the most, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like that, right? Because you, you invest time in a movie, especially if you think it's boring or you're getting frustrated, and then the payoff here isn't the solving of the crime. The payoff here is what's happening with Denzel and Rami. Mm-hmm. And that that's why I meant by earlier in the spoiler free section where I was saying like, this is less about the crime. The crime is the motivating factor for getting Rami and Denzel together and exploring those two guys. So it does kind of suck for some people because you're going to have this detective movie that instead of a, a resolution in the case, you get a resolution, like I guess emotionally for Rami, not even for Denzel. So I guess I feel like there's just a lot hanging at the end that people are going to feel a little dissatisfied with. I think I tend to be one of those people that I'm a little bit more okay with going against the grain and, and leaving it ambiguous because I just get tired of everything always ending up in neat little pretty packages. So I'm good with that conceptually. Like the execution was better, needed to be better. I'm fine with, with all of those points. But again, you don't know that he's struggling with this. Yep. You know, yep. oh, or you only know he's struggling with this for three minutes of the movie. Yeah. And so if that's your point and if that's your movie, then you need to explore that deeper and not yep. just throw it at the here here's basically an end credit scene that explains it all yeah of what you're supposed to be feeling this entire movie I, I completely agree with you i i think that i think if i were to go back and rewatch, i mean it's not like they don't do some things to kind of show that rami's getting strung out like he's he's, he's sitting outside at 4 a.m by his pool um there, there are things that they plant there that, that are giving the impression that Rami is getting a little bit strung out and getting obsessed with this case and some of his conversations with Denzel. It just needed to be more and better, right? It's, it just didn't make you feel for him. Like you didn't feel like somebody who's on the edge and snapping. Like going back to something like Prisoners that I know you and I watched a long time ago with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Like I remember feeling those guys' intensity, right? Hugh Jackman is the dad. Jake Gyllenhaal is the cop who's trying to find this. Like it made you feel feel on edge with them like stressed out with them but this movie didn't give you that the only hint of he's really stressed out and this is abnormal for him was his wife just Mm -hmm. her expressions to him was the only reason why i thought something wasn't normal for his day-to-day and they only threw those in like twice yeah, I think the other one for me was like he just randomly snaps in the car with Denzel, and he's like, "Do you need to go home and like take a nap or something like that?" I mean, that was that was it. Yeah, I I don't think I think he's capable of doing that as an actor. I just don't think the script allowed it to happen. Right, had plenty of time. <laughs> had plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time sitting there watching nothing. <laughs> Let's keep following him. Well. I think I'm running out of things to say on this. Do you have any more you want to chime in before we get to our questions? Nope, think I'm good. All right, let's get to our questions then. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? So, favorite moment, what'd you have? Favorite moment, uh, I mean, it had to be the, the end. Um, because the end of the movie, I mean, it was, the, I guess it was the barrette, you know, like, okay. oh, there's more to this, you know, and Denzel has, I take that back. I, I, Denzel's shooting the girl. Okay. Because it gave me, it gave me reason to be interested in his character because I wasn't up until then. Okay. So, so that point made it, okay, how is this going to go down? And then it, it was pretty lackluster but that was my high point of we're finally getting into something interesting okay for me i like the the interrogation scene of jared leto i felt like that was the one true time where i felt like the movie had intensity and it wasn't out of like the stupidity that i mentioned that happens later with rami digging holes like i wasn't quite sure what i mean rami was actually pretty intense in that scene jared leto was being creepy denzel's watching from the other side of the mirror calling in uh, even when he goes in the room and gets a little heated with him, like 
even though that was in the trailer, so I knew it was coming. But like that was the one time where I felt like, okay, we're all coming together, right? We got our crash course of Rami, Denzel, Leto. Like, is something going to happen here that's going to fracture Denzel and Rami? Is something going to happen where Jared tips his hand? You know, that was the only time where I felt this combination of intensity and mystery, like, and actually felt along for the ride instead of me filling in the gap. So that was, I think, my favorite moment on but, that. But it left you with nothing. Sure, the resolution on it was stupid, right? Because then they couldn't get the girl to uh, ID him in the witness line. Like, it all falls apart. There was nothing there. But, like, as I was along for the ride, I didn't know that that was going to play out that way. I thought something more impactful would come out of that. Okay. Okay. All right, what's the one thing you're going to change in this? Uh, I think I've said it about four times. I would make the end of the movie the middle of the movie and shorten up all that and then give us some some cool stuff uh, that actually has to do with little things. You know, Denzel mentions it tons of times, but it never really comes into play. Mm -hmm. So on his case or the other case or them covering things up. So I'm, I wanted that to come into play of either they used a little thing to solve something or they use a little thing to get caught. Yeah. And I actually think they had an opportunity to, I guess, do better in the sense of, like make the audience participants in this. So like, you know, the small thing about like the roast beef stuff, right? Like a lot more things like that to where like Easter eggs. So when you leave the ending ambiguous, I mean, we kind of did this, right? Like we said, it's ambiguous, but we both think Jared Leto is the killer for a number of different reasons. I think those should have been more and deeper, right? Like that way you're kind of participating along with it, especially when you leave the ending ambiguous. I think what you want to end up with is like, an inception conversation where years later you are trying like there's just as solid arguments on both sides for why he's innocent, why he's guilty. And here's all the reasons we can go back and reparse this movie and find all these little nuggets and timestamps and license plates and stuff. And for evidence, why I think that would be really good. Um, it's not the one thing I would change, but to kind of just kind of building off of what you would say, I, I agree with that. And I think they had an opportunity to do something like that. Yeah. You, you want in an interview, you know, 20 years from now and they're interviewing Jared saying, Hey, was he the killer? You know, you want, you're wanting that mystery to still be talked about and whatnot and, and people debating it and going back and forth. But I don't think anybody's going to care about this the way they, they did it. No, absolutely not. I mean, what should be happening right now is we should be seeing YouTube videos all over the place being like, here's the reason why Jared Leto's the killer. And here's the reason why he's not the killer. Did you notice this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in this day and age with how many people parse movies like that and again the YouTube thing and all those different kinds of podcasts like this like I think you really need to get the audience invested in and come up with something like that. Now, if you're just going to make it straight in the end that, you know, Jared Leto was the killer, well, let's wrap it up. Cool, fine. You don't have to worry about that. But when you go ambiguous, I think you want those nuggets for people to to keep talking about. Agreed. But circling back to what I would change, Rami going with Jared Leto <laughs> is just indefensible. I mean, it's just it wasn't earned. Had it been earned, fine. I could have maybe gotten there with you. I still would have been screaming that it's a really, really stupid thing to do. But again, it just takes you out of the element as a viewer that you know somebody that smart would do something so stupid. I, I get somebody's gonna be screaming at me right now, listening to this, being like, "Well, it happens all the time." Yeah, it does. But like, as a movie, make me buy it, and you, you didn't. So, would you I, been I okay really had he followed him in the car? Yeah, I actually would have. Like, if it was just one of those where Jared Leto purposely leads them again on another wild goose chase out to there, and they're just following behind him. Yeah, sure, that that's fine. That's well, what, what if he tells him the like, same conversation, but then Rami just tails him, opposed to getting in the car. Yes, I, I would. Yeah, the getting in the car is just the thing that was. Yeah, gotcha. Or I mean, he could have even like swung by the the thing to pick up Denzel. I mean, obviously now. Jared Leto could be like, I'm not going to let you do that. You got to come by yourself, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then, then there could have been something where he like left a little clue for Denzel to go. I don't know. It just could have been better than what it was. Well, that point I agree with. It could have been better than what it was. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think our last question here, and I, I'll say the question. I think the answer is obvious. I'll be curious if you're going to go a different route, but if you like this movie, you would also like, well, I'm going with seven. I well, mean, sure. I mean, yeah. that's 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 this movie better. Yeah. I mean, so if you're looking at other, I would say True Detective, if you want to go miniseries. Very much True Detective. Season two. Season, no. 
<laughs> no, not season two. <laughs> season one of True Detective. I think you would really enjoy. Um, I, f- I feel like that's uh, that's up your alley. So I'm more giving you a recommendation that's not in the movie world, but go check out True Detective. Yeah, uh, I mean, a few others I would throw in there. Zodiac, another David Fincher eh. de- detective movie. Slow. Um, yeah, but I, I think that it doesn't do the buddy cop as much as this. But uh, if we're if we're going on shows, uh, Mind Hunters, or is it Mind Hunter? Which I don't know if it's uh, plural or not. Mind Hunter, I think. Yeah, but you know what's funny about this? So if we're both saying seven, and I'm saying kind of Zodiac, and we say Mind Hunter or Mind Hunters, uh, those are all David Fincher's. I mean, that he has involvement in all those. So it's funny that we're all like, well, David Fincher clearly makes like you know. Very good detective stuff. So go take a page out of his book. That's interesting. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that does it for the little things. Uh, what do we talk about next week on our big trailer episode coming up? Yes. Multi-trailer. Oh, I did think of another trailer that we're covering in that episode. And it's going to be for the next movie that, rev- that we are reviewing, which is another HBO Max debut, which is Judas and the Black Messiah. Add that to... Uh, Godzilla and King Kong. Yep, uh, we're, we're piling up. We're like a teacher at the end of class. Oh, before you go, before you go, more homework, more more homework. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll we'll have it in the title of what all we're covering, and so you can watch them before yep. you listen. Absolutely. All right, uh, Carson, where can they find you on Twitter at Carson Graff, and you can find me on Twitter at Two Views Garrett G A R R E T T, and you can find Two Views Movies on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Two Views Movies. You can email us at Two Views Movies at gmail.com. Uh, you can always subscribe to the show anywhere Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are there. And we will catch you in about a week. Go, Chiefs. Chiefs. What should we do next? Something good? Nothing bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!